0: Not saying you have to be an athlete to be a good sports photographer, but a good understanding of sport, movement, how things work, emotion. And so I think that gives me a little bit of an advantage, just being able to understand that, like, it's not just people playing a game, people running around the track, jumping over things. Like, I can understand the movements really well.
1: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Photo Country with Rajiv, the photography podcast for photographers where we talk to image makers and artists every week, trying to pick their brains on why they do what they do. I'm really interested in how they approach their craft. So for this episode, I had the privilege of talking to Alicia Loveridge, one of the few women photographers who specialize in sports and action photography. A pole Walter herself, Alicia is the official photographer for Athletics New Zealand, and has covered everything from the Commonwealth Games to the Olympics and everything in between. She is also a Canon Ambassador. So let's jump into the conversation. So how's it going, Alicia? Thanks for accepting the invite.
0: That's all right. Thanks for having me.
1: No worries. pleasure is all mine. The Instagram profile shows that you're a sports photographer, but when I went to your website, you do a heck of a lot more. Why are you not showcasing (laughs) that work?
0: I, I actually get this question a lot. I don't know, to be honest. Like I think my Instagram presence is really sport, action, adventure orientated. I mean, there's a few reasons as well. A lot of the work I do that's not sport-based isn't allowed to be posted. Like It's signed off by the client. Some things are confidential. Then the other thing is my audience is very sport orientated. So, you always want to be in the forefront of people's pages. On my stories, I will post more about the other stuff I'm doing behind the scenes on location. If I'm in an office or shooting something else, like I'll post that on my story. But yeah, like on my Instagram, it's pretty, it's like one side of what I do.
1: But is sports your first preference? Is that what you like doing most? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If I was to pick one kind of genre, it would be the sport action adventure space. Yeah. So not necessarily just sporting events or your sport commercial jobs or your assignments and stuff. That's definitely my favorite. I do find a lot of people, they see what I can capture, like the the happy moments and all that with sport. And then quite a lot of people assume that, okay, if you can photograph that in this environment which is very fast paced very zero control quite often the time you can definitely photograph the same vibe at a corporate event that's going much lower. so i do get a lot of people see my sport work and go okay cool you'll be able to do this or i want those same faces i want those same emotions at my event which isn't sport related but i just want the same outcome but yeah i do which is which does make it fun but how
1: did you Get started off in the whole sports adventure space. You were like an athlete growing up.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. So it was actually quite funny. So the only reason I started photography is because it was compulsory at uni. So I went to AUT doing a Bachelor of Graphic Design. Zero interest growing up and wanting to do photography. I was always into the visual arts, painting, illustration, design. I kind of wanted to go more in the illustration space. First year of design school, photography was compulsory. So I reluctantly got a camera. You know, if people knew me around school, it was either the one who's good at art or the one who's really sporty. So when I went into uni, I actually worked really hard to break away from the sport world because I didn't want to pigeon myself. So I, when all my projects at uni, I tried really hard to go into another space to try to push my creativity in like a completely different world rather than taking the safe option and just doing sports. Which is actually hilarious because that's my life now. <laughs> 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 like I've done this complete 180. But um getting into sport, it was I was still doing sport. Like I, I still do athletics. I've done sport my entire life and simply we had our national championships in Auckland. I was injured and I couldn't compete. So I took my camera that I bought from uni to the track to take photos of my friends and then fell in love, like straight away. And I put my photos on Facebook for my friends, you know, like tag my friends on in the album, share them around and people started to see them. People reposted them. Eventually the local and governing body of my sport caught wind and went from there. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All happy accidents. If I, maybe if I wasn't injured, would I be where I am today? I don't know. It's just interesting how all that all plays out. But yeah, pretty much this is my world. This is my world before I was a photographer. So I think that really helps with almost like the respect or just being around the athletes is people don't necessarily know me as a photographer. Like a lot of the older athletes, the younger ones, yes. But a lot of the older athletes, they were friends with me before I owned a camera. So I'm like in their eyes, I'm just one of them who just happened to have a new toy (laughs) and it's now her job. So that's pretty much, that's how I got in the sports space. And of course, sport itself is actually quite a small world. So people talk, so I end up getting farmed off to other sports, shooting other things. So I'm a pole welder. Where I train is a hub for a whole bunch of sports. And in that same place, there's like businesses and there's like a lot of sporting bodies work in that same place. And so a lot of my work in the sports space as well has simply just come out of seeing me in the gym or seeing me at the facility and then people go, oh, that's the athletics photographer. It's just seeing me around or sporting bodies talk. There's one cafe, oh yeah, this is our person. It just all passes around and sometimes people who work at one sport leave and go to another sport and then I sometimes get brought along with them because they already worked with me with this sport and it kind of just all gets passed around this big mess. Yeah here I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's a small world, I suppose, especially in New Zealand.
0: Oh, yeah. Totally.
1: Right. So you started shooting while you were actually studying. Yeah. Okay. So it is very easy for you to, once you've finished uni, become a freelance professional photographer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it fell. And that is actually quite funny. So design was three years and after that i started picking up a little bit of work here and there on my third year nothing that was enough to make it full-time i worked, you know we at uni you work part-time jobs while you're studying i just continue those after i finished uni i wasn't on my undergrad degree i wasn't totally ready like i felt i wasn't sure if i wanted to go into design space so in my last year of graphic design, I was toying with the idea of going into the communication space and working maybe with like social media, digital media. I also was starting freelancing as a graphic designer, actually. So it wasn't just photography. I got work with our governing body, Athletes New Zealand, as a freelance designer and photographer, kind of like their go-to. And that just kept building and building. And I still do that for them actually. So I've been working with them since 2014. And then eventually when I finished my postgrad diploma, then my freelance started to build and so i was quite lucky i kept working part-time because i was a bit nervous to let it all go but luckily i had built up enough momentum over all those years of studying so i graduated 2016 2019 i quit all my jobs and then focused on photography right so it's been a slow burn
1: you've done a whole bunch of events and sports events like what's the best event surely it must be the olympics yeah it was a pretty strange olympics right
0: it was strange. The lead up for it was very strange. Everything was so unknown. This is my first Olympic Games. I did uh cover the Commonwealth Games and I had been to two World Athletics Championships. So this was my fourth major but first Olympic. So it was quite yeah, like leading up honestly, leading up to it, it was all just so unknown. There were so many things that we had to do that Obviously hadn't been done before. I felt for the local organizing committee and the IOC because there's no book on this. This is the first time in history that the Games was postponed since I'm pretty sure it's only ever been cancelled. Like it's never been postponed. And of course, the first time it's happened in a global pandemic. So there was a whole bunch of winging at things. But once I got there, it was actually amazing. Like there were some things, like definitely some strange things. You don't have no plows as a major. The Olympic is all about the spectacle you've got packed out stadiums that are so loud that you can't even hear yourself think. I've been in stadiums like that when I lost my voice just from talking to the guy next to me because the stadium's so loud because it's completely sold out. But they did a really good job at handling that. I think they had some sound engineers on it who would play like atmospheric kind of fake sounds. They had music going and (laughs) then you had your support teams for every athlete. There was actually people in the crowd that just wasn't completely packed. And then you've got things like you get tested like every day to a point. So it was all self-testing and you never want to miss a day. It's just an unreal experience. experience you've got these athletes this is what they peak for and i feel like postponing it a year is actually really hard for athletes some athletes benefit from it if they were maybe carrying an injury and now they got one more year to get back into it but a lot of these athletes like one two are at the end of their career holding on for one more year is very hard it's like a four-year cycle and they peak for this year and then you have to push it out a year and you've got the uncertainty like is this even going to happen the athletes don't have their family in the crowd, which is obviously a major thing. So I feel like this, these games as well, like it was so emotional because it was what the world needed right now. And so that was pretty incredible thing to be part of and almost a privilege because we're the only ones who saw it. Everyone else had to watch it on TV.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even like athletes, like if it's not your sport, you couldn't go watch. You can only watch your own sport. And so, yeah. Best seat in the
1: house <laughs> right playing off one of the things that you said being an athlete yourself and being a photographer what's the advantage that you have over other sports photographers
0: there's definitely a physical advantage I don't fatigue as fast as others maybe I'm able to walk around all day carrying a lot of stuff there's not many women sports photographers out there there's a few reasons probably why that's the case, but I know the gear is heavy. We're not going to sugarcoat that. Because I'm an athlete, I'm strong enough I can deal with that. That's not really an issue. Other than that, there is, there's a lot of other advantages being an athlete yourself. You just get it. I know that's so vague, but you understand the triumph the athlete is going through. You understand that if you're the Olympic Games that you compare, that's like the last 1% of the 99% of blood, sweat and tears that they have spent for four years. And I I see it. I see the emotion. I see the ups and downs with my friends who were at the Olympics or my friends that should have been at the Olympics but were injured. And you just understand the emotional side of that. And then also, you can read sport and you can read any sport. So, for example, I shot hockey at the Olympics. I've never played hockey in my life. I played football, which is similar but way slower. I've covered maybe a handful over a bunch of years of hockey games. So I'm not experienced at all. But I was able to cover it because I know how to read sport. And it's just one of those things where no book is going to teach you that. Since I was a kid, I've played so many different sports. So I do have that unnatural understanding. And then it's also being able to react to moments quickly. So obviously reaction times are key. But then also you are able to predict what's going to happen. For example, when I shoot hockey someone's going for a goal I don't follow the ball I don't follow the ball because I know if that person gets it in they're going to celebrate and the shot that you want is going to be of the person celebrating and so I will actually shoot with one eye open so I can scan what's going on but I'm also aiming for this athlete not saying you have to be an athlete to be a good sports photographer but a good understanding of sport movement how things work emotion and so I think that gives me a little bit of an advantage just being able to understand that like it's not just people playing a game people running around the track jumping over things like I can understand the movements
1: really well. Did you have any like inspirations that you followed? Do you have any benchmarks or something like that?
0: I follow so many on Instagram that's why it's really good just getting inspiration from people seeing cool things that people have done. My friend Jeff Cohen who's an American photographer, very well-known in the athletic space. Is someone I also look up to in terms of his work. You see the shot that everyone gets, and he's always looking for the shot that nobody gets. And so I do really like his work. I, I actually draw massive inspiration from the Red Bull photographers as well, especially when it comes to my commercial stuff, my stuff that's outside of athletics. I do really like their work. I like how they compose scenes as it's like a full piece of art rather than just like one they show the athlete in their environment there's like there's like a whole bunch of things that make a really good image you've got your the emotion side which is that's the thing i love the most but then you've got your athlete in your space and how can you make this beat this movement that this human is doing into a work of art you're using composition light background all the things i learned from design school actually and like creation, right. like a nice piece of art where you're using your rule of thirds or you're using shadows or you're using different colors. I definitely draw inspiration. The rebel photographers are amazing at that. And so that's definitely a big inspiration for me.
1: So, and do you have a look for your photographs? Is that a style or is it dictated by what the client wants?
0: I actually don't know. I feel like I do, but do have a style. Everyone's got a style. I just, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe very it's very i guess it's very graphic very emotion driven other than that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Well, i have my own style that's why people hire me and then i will also deliver what the client want with my own spice on it and i think what's one of those things is an artist so i guess as a photographer you're either an artist or a tradesman so I definitely identify myself as, yeah, as being more of an artist, but you definitely have to be a little bit of tradesman on the side because you are delivering for people. Yeah. Like I don't want to force it. Right. Yeah. You want to just get your creative flair and then use that to deliver what the client wants, but it's also something that you learn when you're older and then something a lot of photographers mistake. And I definitely did when I first started is you try about everyone else and oh, I want that color grade or I want to do this, but then you're just copying everyone else then Correct. if you copy everyone else, then people will just hide them. If you just do what you do, you have your own style and you use that as the base for then delivering what the client wants for the images, then people are going to hire you for you because of your style.
1: So what next, Alicia? I saw that you're also getting into video. Is that like yep. your perception of the future?
0: I feel I, I am enjoying the video a lot more. I'm doing it as, a lot of my clients they will want to shoot and then those same clients will ask oh could you do a little video on the side and a lot of the times these clients don't have budget to hire two people so you definitely need to be able to have that skill and yeah i'm getting into a little bit of video i would still say that i am 80 percent photographer 20 percent video like i definitely am stronger in the stills department but it is good it's actually quite interesting doing both and experimenting a lot with video is it's a, it's a different beast and actually video is one of those things when you do really want to try get it right on camera because editing that is just a nightmare so that's something and it makes you a better photographer i feel like i noticed that at uni when i was doing so in my postgraduate deployment communications i actually did a television paper and that instantly improved My photography because honestly if you saw my university assignments in undergrad if you looked at them and said this person's going to go to the Olympics you'd laugh (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even like I started rock bottom like my god I don't know yeah I look back and I'm embarrassed no one ever sees them because I'm buried video is something that you definitely want to try to get right in camera But there's also so much with video as well. There's a different vibe. Like I am definitely enjoying telling a story or telling a a small narrative. I only do like short videos using movement, using video, using audio. In the lockdown, I had time on my hands. And so I kind of got really experimental in layering audio and just playing with that a little bit. Because as a photographer, that's audio is something you don't really do. The other thing, that to be an effort and advantage. So I run with my Ronin. I actually run with it. With my 1DX on it, Uh, I shoot so many runners just for like projects and stuff, and I will run next to them with my gimbal. And I'm thinking, this is the only reason I can do this, just because I'm a pole baller. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly the same. Like I run with the pole like all the time. This is the same thing. It's shorter, heavier, arguably, and yeah, I will run with it. And it's cool creating different movements and just exploring in that space. So I will be doing more video. If anything's too massive projects, I probably will hire someone else for, but I definitely do a lot of the shorter stuff. Or if I'm doing both, I hate doing both at once. I will do it, but... It's because a still image and then a moving image is not the same thing. The way you compose it is so different. And so if you're doing both at the same time, it's like taking off the stills hat, putting on the motion hat, but it is fun. I'm enjoying it. So maybe in the future, there probably will be more video. I can't see it getting 50, 50, but maybe like 70, 30.
1: So how did the Canon ambassador thing happen?
0: Yeah, which is cool. Thanks to Canon. I've only ever shot Canon. I committed straight off the bat. It's one of those things where changing brands suck. You have to sell everything, rebuy things. And so I remember from the go, I asked straight up, what's the most intuitive brand to use? And everyone said Canon. And I admit, I'd go pick up another body and I'm confused. So I've shot with Canon the whole time, which is great. Never will change. And yeah, they got in contact with me after the Olympics and then offered me the. Position, which I am super, super grateful for. Very unexpected, to be honest. It's really cool to be part of such a massive global brand and like one that I actually do believe in. Like I know I, I love shooting with them. Never see myself change. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm very happy.
1: Great, great. So just to close off the chat. What would you like to see more women sports photographer coming out? And what, what do you think is, you know, preventing more people entering this arena? And what needs to be done?
0: I definitely would like to see more. I tell you what, in Tokyo, it was the most woman I've ever seen in a major sporting event in the media room as a photography room. So that's awesome. Mm. It's definitely not equal, but. Normally, it's you find a woman and you look at each other and point. Oh my gosh, hi! Because that is so <laughs> rare. I definitely would like to see more women out there. I think just naturally, we we probably think a bit differently, you know, and what we cover. And so, if there's more of us out there, there might be a bit more diversity in our images. And yeah, so it'd be awesome to see more out there. I think there are a few maybe things that are barriers for getting into industry. I've done some work with Barbie and their Shiro campaign. So that's when they make a doll of a role model. And one thing that they always say is you need to be able to see the person that you're aspiring to be. So it's like the chicken and the egg situation. If we don't see more like female sports troopers out there, people don't feel like they can be a female sports trooper. I never thought of this as a career path at all. Like I fell in this world really accidentally. But maybe if young girls or anyone can see more women out there working in the sports fields, then maybe then people feel like, oh, we can do this job. I think in sport, it's definitely shifting. New Zealand's pretty good at it, but there's always always been a little bit of a shift. It is a very male-dominated world. I'm lucky to be involved in the sport. I think just seeing more people out there would be great. I've been judged on my work, which is awesome. If anything, sometimes it's a massive advantage. Maybe if you know, you're a woman, you're not as intimidating. And so when you're working with athletes, it's a little bit nicer if the athlete's shy or you're working with female athletes or young female athletes. If they're getting photographed by, you know, a reasonably young photographer who's also a female, that might be like nicer for them. And you might be able to get like a good rapport with who you're working with. And even the physicality thing, like gear is getting lighter mirrorless cameras are changing the game in that aspect so that that kind of that side of things might change but just encouraging others you can have give it a go that's the million dollar question that i don't really have an answer for
1: yeah what they would need is good role models
0: yeah that's it boom perfect
1: because you become a photographer by seeing other photographers right so you want to be yeah. a student or, or you want to be richard Avedon, or
0: yeah that's a good point actually
1: so I think you have to have mentors and role models in order for people to see that this can be done. Right. On that note, let's close this podcast. It's great talking to you, Alicia. <laughs> thanks for your time.
0: Yeah, good talking to you too. No, thank you. Thank you.
1: That was Alicia Loverich. You can find her work on Instagram. I will link that up in the show notes. A big thanks to Alicia for coming on the show. As always, I hope you like this episode. Do share this podcast with your friends who love photography just like I do. Till the next episode, stay safe and keep clicking. This is Rajiv signing off.